You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, I'm Clayton. I'm a very big Queens podcast fan. Katie and Nathan wanted me to let y'all know if you do not like cursing in this show, then the show might not be for you. But if you love saucy podcasts about badass women in history, then you're going to love this. So grab your drinks and grab your snacks, whatever floats your boat, and let's take a wild ride through history. Cheers, bitches! Hi, this is Katie. And this is Nathan. And you're listening to Queen's Podcast, the show about badass women in history. Hey, Nathan. Hey, Katie. How are you this lovely Sunday? I am doing just fine. Well, you're still rocking your furry Russian hat. Oh, which... I'm rocking it for the next uh, <clears throat> episodes that we have. However <laughs> oh, many. Yeah. Oh my gosh. This life of Catherine the Great. They don't call her the Great for nothing. This is a fascinating story. So we got a lot to talk about. So you want to just get into it? We really do. We could probably talk about this for like 24 hours straight. Absolutely. So. Where did we leave off? Uh, Catherine has gone from poor little German princess to the Grand Duchess of Russia after her marriage to her cousin, Peter. And we left her on her wedding night where Peter got really drunk <laughs> and fell asleep and didn't touch her vagina. And he didn't did touch her not, anything. Yeah, didn't touch her anything and would continue not to touch any of her genitalia for many, many years. Peter did not have any interest in sleeping with his wife whatsoever. In her memoir, she wrote, My husband did not pay me attentions, but, but spent all his time playing with toy soldiers in his rooms with his servants. Oh, my so, God. Yeah, he's like <laughs> supposed to be, he's 17. Um, <laughs> he's playing with toy soldiers. Like, I'm just I, imagining yes. a, a, a kid in high school playing with his G.I. Joes. Yeah, that's pretty much what it was. Peter was so obsessed with playing with his toy soldiers that his aunt, the Empress Elizabeth, had taken them away. Mm -hmm. So Peter had bribed one of Catherine's ladies-in-waiting to, like, after Catherine and Peter were put to bed, she would come in from, like, a side door and give him his toy soldiers so he could play with them in bed. It's like crack. It's like crack. It's like crack for a kid. (laughs) Yes. And Catherine would just lay there in bed trying to sleep while Peter's, like, playing G.I. Joe. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Again, he's 17. That is so bananas. 17 is, like, the horniest age for most people. I know. (laughs) Needless to say, this is a really lonely time for Catherine. Like, not only is her husband, like, playing with toy soldiers, but he's not showing her any attention. Her Mm -mm. stage mom, Joanna, was sent home. So, I mean... You would think that would be a relief to Catherine, but she was actually kind of depressed about it, which was really weird because I was like, are you really that sad when stage mom goes home? I guess so. (laughs) They didn't really have a warm relationship, but still like her mom 
Yeah, well, like, her mom had been a constant, like, the only constant in her entire life. It's still her mother, so she's going to miss her when she gets sent away, but especially since she has nobody, she just doesn't even have anybody to talk to now, you know? It just no, sucks. for sure, for sure. At the same time that her mom was sent away, too, all of Catherine's young ladies-in-waiting were replaced with older ladies that had, like, strict instructions from Elizabeth not to befriend Catherine because Elizabeth's thinking is that if I take away all of her friends, the only person she'll have to talk to is going to be Peter. They're going to get really close and bam, babies. And mm-hmm. she, sent away, she sent away some of Peter's staff, too, you know, just thinking, I'm just going to force these kids together. And it did not work. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Big nope. fail. Nope. So Catherine went along with all of this, despite how lonely she was. Uh, she really just wanted to make Elizabeth happy, I think. And, mm. you know, that was very different than Peter. Like, Peter yeah. op- openly mocked Elizabeth and would, like, do things just to piss her off. He's such a dick. So Catherine was more like, hey, I'm just gonna keep my head down, do what I can to make situations better. I'm not gonna get in trouble or anything and she did something that a lot of nerdy girls who don't really fit in in high school she did the little common thing that i think we talk about with a lot of our gals uh, <laughs> they dive into books she got real into books yeah books on books on books any genre any language any subject like books were just like her escape from her loneliness i'm i'm just imagining seeing her read a romance novel with fabio on it and just being like yeah i wish he was my husband yes i'm sure she would have loved that uh about a year into her marriage elizabeth decided that it was not acceptable that Catherine wasn't pregnant yet and instead of like sitting the couple down and talking to them about like what's going on in your relationship no Instead, she started to take her frustration out on Catherine publicly. Like, they would just be, like, out for a walk with, like, other people in court. And she'd be like, Catherine, what, where's the baby? Why aren't you pregnant yet? What Ugh, What the fuck is going on? Gross. And it was all like, it was like, your fault, your fault, your fault. Like, he did, she didn't want to put any of the blame on Peter. And these people need therapy! I know. I feel like that's common, though, that whenever... I mean, even today, that whenever a woman doesn't get pregnant, it's always blamed on the woman. It's usually yeah. it's the woman's fault. But I love it's so sad because I liked I kind of liked Elizabeth at the beginning of this story, and now yeah. she's kind of like. Ugh, uh, but I think it's. I think we'll get to it later. I think a little bit of it's justified. Uh, so anyway, uh, she just assumed you know Catherine must be shooting Peter down all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Catherine must be shooting Peter's Peter down all the time. Ah! Uh, because <laughs> it's a dick joke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he's 18. He's 18. Like he's the one that yeah. would be making dick jokes right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's, he's, he's like, 18 and he's spending every night in the bed with his hot young wife. So, I know. Like, how can you not put a move on her? <laughs> yeah. So Elizabeth just assumes it's Catherine shooting him down because why would he not be trying to hook up with his wife? She doesn't know. I, I feel like Elizabeth just doesn't know. So she's just putting the blame on Catherine. You know, she doesn't yeah. know the dynamics of the relationship. So she's just blaming Catherine. Which is sucks for Catherine. It's fucked up for Catherine. Right? 
but the reason that Elizabeth is trying to pressure them to have babies so hard, she's not really telling anybody, but Elizabeth's health is really starting to fail. And mm-hmm. not a lot of people know. But also, Elizabeth is never really, like, taking care of herself. She she loves to throw parties. She um, overindulges in lots of vices. She drinks too much. She eats too much. She just, she doesn't sleep enough. And I'm not exactly sure what she has, but she's sick and all these, like, pre-existing habits aren't helping anything. Mm -hmm. And so... She knows Peter. She's like, oh, he's going to suck as <laughs> I need to make sure they have some heirs before I die. So that's why she's putting all this pressure on Catherine. But she needs to find a different way to do it. <laughs> what she's yeah. doing now is not helpful. Because, like, Catherine doesn't know that. She yeah. she only knows, like, my husband hates me. This woman that was so nice to me when I first got here, all of a sudden... And hates me too so right. why is everybody so hostile to me here and Catherine's also very aware that she'd been so popular at court just like a year ago but now right. all of a sudden everybody's talking about her marriage everybody's mocking her so like the gossip at russian court was extra y'all like it was yes extra <laughs> it, it was harsh and mm-hmm. one time Elizabeth was just really tearing Catherine a new one for her lack of babies. And Catherine runs back to her room just crying. And she uh, says that she like took a blade, like a knife that she had in her room and was like laying in her bed, holding it up to her chest. Like she was going to stab herself. And um, she was like, that's how dark it got. And then like one of her ladies in waiting walks in and sees her doing this and like freaks out and is like, no, no it's not worth it. But, you know, and um, she just talks about this big dramatic scene. But then in her memoirs, she writes that actually the knife wasn't really even sharp enough to penetrate her corset. Oh, my God. What, <laughs> so a, some, what a queen. Sometimes it just feels what good to be dramatic. Sometimes yes, it's yes. just, I need to cry and act like I'm going to stab myself. <laughs> <laughs> so it's possible that Peter had what we refer to here at Queen's Podcast as <clears throat> ding dong problems, technical term. Technical, technical term. term. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so in Marie Antoinette's episode, we talked a little bit about how her husband Louis might have had ding dong problems, also might have been gay maybe. Yeah. Um, but he had ding dong problems for sure. And yeah. it's thought that maybe Peter, Peter's Peter had the same sort of problem, which yeah. is fixed with, you know, nowadays with just a little short surgery, you know, some people just grow out of it. Um, the actual term is phimosis, but mm-hmm. ding dong problems just hit. I prefer ding dong problems. Yeah. 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 It makes it, it makes it so much more emotional and you connect to the disease yes. more by calling it ding dong problems. It's more fun to say, <laughs> uh, but no, that paired with like his mental regression, you know, like how we talked about last episode, he got mm. smallpox and like really regressed. Um, just, he was just so ill suited to, father children or to be in a healthy relationship and the two of them or to rule russia 
border world Russia. And they just weren't in a place where they were going to be making any babies. They were also just like a bad match. And in mm-hmm. the book I'm reading, which I linked to in last time's show notes, I'll link to it in this one too. Um, it said, since no one could figure out why Peter hated his new wife so much, they just assumed she was doing something horrible to him behind closed doors. And she wasn't. I mean, she was being we, completely accommodating. He just wanted. We see to... that. We see that with so many of our queens too, mm-hmm. where it's like it's got again, it's got to be the woman's fault. It's all the woman's fault. It can't. Right. The man, the man can do no wrong. You know, he's got a dick. I mean, that makes him extra special. Yeah. Hello. What? Uh, uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> so this goes on for a while, and so we're gonna fast forward. Let's make the noise. So we fast forward to 1751 and Catherine is now 22 and Peter gets a few new gentlemen of the chamber and a few of them are looking fine, looking Pretty good cute. in their, mm. looking good in their knickers. <laughs> okay. More specifically, there was this one guy named Sergei Saltikov and mm, he was... <laughs> He was looking real good to Catherine. Salty and- Pop wasn't salty, was he? He was. Like, I think he made our girl Catherine thirsty. Oh, she was so thirsty. She, I mean, well, let's let's talk about him a little bit. Basically, in a nutshell, and we're probably going to talk about him a little bit more in a Patreon episode. But he's a fuck boy. Yeah. He, he's tall. He's handsome. He's charming. He's married. <laughs> I like how you threw that in there very casually. Casually. <laughs> he's, you know, he's tall, handsome, blah, blah, blah. Married, super married. And he's just, <laughs> he's just always been a player. He was a player before he got married, and he mm. didn't quit being a player after he got married. He's just a woman as a woman as a. Free Britney. Yes. Hashtag free Britney. <laughs> And he takes one look at Catherine and he's like, oh yeah, I'm going to sleep with that chick. I mean, somebody has to. Yeah, somebody has to. Somebody fucking has to at this point. (laughs) Yeah, please put insert penis here. Here. (laughs) uh, That's what her dresses said. She had Mm -hmm. graffiti on them, yes. Yes. So (laughs) everyone's like, oh, no, 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 honey. No, Salty Saltikov. No. Uh, No, That's the Grand Duchess. Uh, She's married (laughs) to your boss, you know, the Grand Duke Peter, future emperor. (laughs) No big deal. But but get this, but get this. They don't sleep together. She's still a virgin. (laughs) (laughs) Because hubby Peter's Peter problems have prevented this. So, oh, say that five times fast. Yeah, right. Talk about tongue twister. So speaking of speaking of tongues that need to go somewhere, um, men are gross, and mm-hmm. because they're gross, uh, they he found out that she was a virgin. Is like okay, one hundred percent. I'm popping that cherry. Fuck it. She's twenty two. Um, someone's got to be doing this. I feel like he's like that dude in like college that's like the preppy football player that bangs everybody and yeah like everybody everybody's first guy to sleep with that's, that's it him. yeah yeah <laughs> he's the guy you go to and you're just like i just need to lose my virginity <laughs> like fine <laughs> <laughs> but he pursues her hard for like four months like he is love bombing the hell out of her he how writes- hard did he love her 
Oh. <laughs> you love her extra hard. Extra Unlike hard. her Peter problem husband boy child. Yes. <laughs> Unlike her Peter problem husband boy child. <laughs> yes. But he's like writing her letters and like no one's been paying attention to her except to chastise her for the last like four years or whatever. This guy like he comes in and he'll like take note that oh Peter's ignoring Catherine again and like swoop in and like talk to her and make her feel it just makes her feel good you know Mm -hmm. I can only imagine how gratifying that must have been after so much loneliness and he would like tell her stories about like we're gonna run away together and you'll never be lonely again which I imagine to her just sounded fucking great right yeah so about six months after he comes to court they were lovers Ooh, finally our girl is getting some affection she's getting some affection she's getting some affection and some dick (laughs) so it's not really a secret uh at the time everybody kind of knew it and peter thought it was hilarious that someone else was sleeping with his wife like what the fuck is wrong with this what? dude? <laughs> what is wrong with him? I don't. Uh, I, he was like, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. I don't get it. <laughs> he, in his mind, though, he's just like, we're pulling one over on Elizabeth. Like, she, like, by us, by you having an affair, we're like playing a trick on her. Like, it, oh god he's such a child this boy ain't right he ain't right he <laughs> that ain't boy right. ain't right you are correct <laughs> this uh, one woman marie Choklakova, nailed it who was uh catherine's head of household came to her and was like look i'm gonna need you to be straight with me are you sleeping with saltikov and uh, and Like, this woman was actually working for Elizabeth, so Catherine just froze, horrified. Mm -hmm. She didn't want to say anything. But Choklova, Choklakova was like, Chocolate all over ya. Chocolate all, oh, yes, yes, Marie, chocolate all over ya. She was like, (laughs) but she was like, no, I'm not here to stop you. You need to be having a freaking baby, so I really don't care if you're sleeping with him. I just need to know so I can manage the situation. Uh, I, 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 bet, I bet Catherine's like, oh, cr-. right? She's like, okay, um, then yeah, yeah, we're totally, <laughs> yeah, we're fine. We're, we're totally I'm getting, this, I'm, get, I'm getting that D. Uh, yeah. So Catherine got pregnant, yay! But then she had a miscarriage. No. And she got pregnant again. Yay! And then she miscarried again. And this time it was especially bad because it nearly fucking killed her. Yeah, Uh, she was like on bed rest for like three weeks or something after that second miscarriage. Like, it was... Oh, God. Any time before modern medicine sounds like a horrifying time to... I mean, I'm sure giving birth right now is still very scary, but back then... Yeah, I don't want to, I have not Googled that. Maybe I'll go down that rabbit hole one day of like birthing back in history, like how awful it probably was. Doesn't sound Uh, great. uh, Yeah. So during this time, she started to feel Saltykov, Salty Saltykov. He's starting to pull away a little bit. Because he's a fuck boy. Yeah, exactly. So Catherine is desperate to keep him and she's like, okay, what can I do to make you happy? You know, it's like that, the girl who 
she lost her virginity to him. So yeah. she's like, I'll do anything to keep you here. And he's like, I'm, I just, I just, I'm just a fuckboy. <laughs> yeah, she's dickmatized. Yeah, totally. So, so he gets her to write him all these letters of recommendations to all these different diplomats saying how, oh, it'd be such a favor and an honor to her if you give him this or that job. So he's basically just using her for connections at this point. Right. Total fuckboy. Total fuckboy. He's such a fuckboy. But Catherine gets pregnant for a third time and third time's a charm. But once she hits her second trimester, she kind of falls into a depression and she would just like cry all day. And she says like in like her mind was just full of, you know, like whenever you play out scenarios in your head of like how things can go, like she just kept like playing over and over these like doomsday scenarios. So anxiety, she She suffered from a lot of anxiety is what it sounds like. Having some really bad anxiety during her pregnancy. And, you know, she goes into her confinement and she just doesn't have a friend in the world. Elizabeth set her up these gorgeous rooms for her confinement but they're like attached to elizabeth's rooms so salty salty cough can't come visit her and she's convinced he doesn't Ooh. love her anymore because he never did he's a fuck boy no and she is just a bird in a cage it's the most beautiful and gaudy over the top decorated cage but it is a cage and she is feeling some deep depression Yeah, so then on a Thursday morning at 2 a.m., her labor pain started. Which, what we read is that she was put on a traditional birthing mattress, which just sounds like a hard mattress that they put on the floor. Again, I want to go down this rabbit hole so bad. Yeah, it's it's just like a hard mattress, very basic, on the floor. Why on the floor? That was just where, that was traditionally where, I don't know why. Yeah, so she went into labor at 2 a.m. on a Thursday, and her baby was born Friday at noon. That's a long labor. That is a really long labor. (laughs) Yeah, I would think that I was dying. Yeah. But Peter, for his part, was really drunk. (laughs) He's such a good friend, man, child, husband. Yes. And I mean, he's going to be claiming this child as his own Catherine wrote in her memoirs that they never slept together though we can talk about this later too if we want to but um this baby that's born goes on to become Paul of Russia and everyone talked about how similar he was to Peter so so is Catherine lying in her memoirs and she did sleep with Peter at least once and just didn't want to admit to it or is it just an accident that he the child ends up looking and acting like Peter we don't know that's weird Catherine is full-on in labor for like two days and yeah Peter is drunk in his room playing with his toy soldiers like that was Elizabeth was like I don't need him out here doing anything to embarrass me just keep him occupied and they're like so we can give him the toy soldiers and she's like fuck it I don't yeah give him the toy soldiers (laughs) <laughs> it's so stupid it's like my dogs when i need them to be occupied because i'm recording or something like i give them like a bone that i wouldn't usually give them it's just like yeah just be quiet 
Yeah, by the way, don't say that word too loud because oh then the dogs will be yeah. like, oh my God, where? What? <laughs> so, anyway, then, then on September 20th, 1754, Catherine delivers the baby boy on a mattress on the floor. I can't, I can't move on <laughs> from that for some reason. Why is it a mattress on the floor? Anyway. <laughs> so Elizabeth like immediately swoops him away has it baptized, names it Paul, and is like, bye, Catherine. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Catherine doesn't even, like, I don't think she even gets a chance to hold the baby. They, like, Elizabeth more or less kidnaps this child. Catherine does not raise, get to raise him. Like, Elizabeth's just like, Well, what? I mean, to be fair, in, in, in Elizabeth's defense, Russians are weird. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's a lot of this shit going on where, like, the children of emperors and empresses are like swooped away and whisked away yeah. and raised in captivity and like it, it, russians are weird yeah but so <laughs> Catherine has finally done what they've been people have been wanting her to do for the last like 10 years and like they whisk the baby away and Catherine is just left on her mattress on the floor for hours like Ew, like imagine the afterbirth. Like, yeah, imagine, no, she's like... just, she's covered in sweat and blood and she's dehydrated and she's like too weak to even like get herself up to try to clean herself up. She's got this one woman who's like attending her and she's like, hey, I'm too weak to get up. Like, can you help me get off this dirty mattress that's like covered in my blood? And the lady was like, I'm not high enough rank for that. I'll have to wait for someone of a higher rank to come back and tell me that's okay. That is, oh my God. I'd be like, I just want some goddamn service in this place. Right? And Catherine's <laughs> like, um, okay, can I have a glass of water then? And the lady's like, no, I'm not off. I'm, this is all above my pay grade. I can't do anything for you except for just We sit need to here. get our girl Catherine, we need to get our girl Catherine a Karen haircut and uh, tell her just to go speak to your manager. She needed to speak to the manager, right. But no, it, it was like two or three hours until somebody of high Ugh. enough rank came back and was like, get the Duchess off the floor for fuck's sake. What? She had to wait three hours in her own afterbirth to get a glass of fucking water and to get like a change of clothes. How, how would this make you feel? Like a cow. Yeah. I would feel like a birthing cow that's just made to give birth and wallow in terror all the rest of your life and just have babies. That's it. It would make you feel like you would expect that if you've done the thing that has been expected of you for so long, give birth to an heir and a son on the first go, even though Russia, you know, seems a little bit more lenient with women being able to rule, but still like you've done it. You think you'd at least get like, a pat on the back or like a congratulations and like, let's take care of you now. But she's just left like a piece of bye. And she's literally like cattle. Like they're treating yeah. her like property. Like that's her job is to have babies. And she is left alone to recover for months. Oh my God. And she was already suffering from depression before. I bet it's 10 times worse it now. It is. She felt, like you said, she felt like a piece of cattle just meant for breeding. And no one cared if she lived or died. She had no friends. Elizabeth had reassigned Salty Cough to a post in Poland. Um, Bye, fuck boy. And he didn't even like 
the right to tell her goodbye. I mean, she should have expected it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know, whenever it's your first boyfriend, you don't know. How are you supposed to know? You yeah, know? right. She know. pretended that she had numbness in her legs and couldn't get up just so people would just let her lay in bed all day. Oh my gosh. Poor darling, though. I, I bet she was... I mean, I really can't blame her for being depressed. She like she was already having those issues in her third trimester. She has the baby. Postpartum is real. She's probably also suffering from a little bit of that. Yeah. And besides that, they took your baby away. She doesn't <laughs> see the baby again until like 40 days later. Yeah, and everybody's like celebrating the birth of this child and she can hear the fireworks and the cheers and all this, but she can't see her own and she's alone baby. no one is coming to see her elizabeth isn't coming to see her her ladies in waiting aren't like her friends she she did and she's just like i did everything i was supposed to do why isn't why is everybody treating me like this i put up with peter i tried to be a good wife and then he went and touched me y'all told me i needed to have a baby so i had a bear and had a baby and now she's just unforgotten <laughs> and unloved and it, oh, it just my heart just goes out like that must be such a shitty shitty feeling I love how you you threw in the affair part you're like and then they told me to have a baby and I had an affair I had a baby <laughs> <laughs> I was like <laughs> but Peter Peter was fine with yeah. it Peter was fine yeah. with it so who cares so Catherine stayed in her confinement from the birth in September 1754 until the end of winter in 1755. Yeah. Five. That <laughs> is... like way longer than a lot of our confinements that we've ever talked about. Yeah. So, But during this time, she turned to her best friend, and her best friend is books. This is when she discovers and like really falls in love with the ideas of Voltaire. And the ideas of the oh, enlightenment, yeah. and she is jiving with mm-hmm. that hard. She um, she started studying Russian history anymore, but specifically political and military history of Russia. Impressive, yes. And she got really into Roman history with like the warfare and mm. the politics, because like you know when we talked about like Agri- the Agrippinas, how like cutthroat they were with their politics. Oh. I think she oh, saw yeah. some parallels there with the Russian politics. And she was like, this might be a good thing to know. Honestly, if this was a rom-com, this would be that montage part of the movie. Mm-hmm. So she's reading and looking at maps. She's getting a makeover with Jonathan <laughs> Van Ness. She, she is reinventing herself. I want herself. the world to know. <laughs> I want the world to know. <laughs> All things just keep getting better. Yeah. And she is looking fabulous, honey. Yes. And she is, yeah, she is living this, you know, this, this quiet girl behind. And she is going to make herself into a smart, strong, I-N-D-E-P-E-N-D-E-N-T. Do you know what that means, man? Yeah. Woman. But, but woman. <laughs> She's like, fuck Peter. Fuck Elizabeth. They don't care about me. I thought Elizabeth cared about me. Clearly she does not. Um, I, fuck all this nasty court gossip. I am reinventing myself. And that's exact. This is the time from, from the ashes arise, like rises the phoenix. Because this is the time when she becomes like the woman that we think about as Catherine the Great. Would you agree? Mm -hmm. Yeah, oh, for sure. Because at this point, she makes her formal re-entrance into society 
on Peter's birthday, which I found very interesting, um, in September of 1455, which that's a year after her baby's born. She gets this new dress. It's like, it's like the stunning blue taffeta gown. And she walks into the party and like, again, when this is like a movie rom-com, this is like the end of the montage and she walks into the party and like they do the slow-mo walking and everybody turns and looks at her and it's like, is that the same girl? (laughs) She is looking fine. She's carrying herself with confidence. She is now 100% that bitch. She took the DNA test. It is proven. She doesn't want people to refer to her as the Grand Duchess anymore. They want her to refer to her as the... um... Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Everybody shush! William Shatner has something to say. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. What do you do when the woman you love dies? Well, of course, you dig her up and you live with her. Aww. The show examines weird things. There are plenty of old photographs from this time period of children out in the streets playing in and among the dead horse carcasses. Oh, I miss those days. Things used to be so much simpler. Cat and Jethro. Then there's the urine wheel, which sounds like a really bad game show. They've done weird things. Cat and Jethro, Box of Oddities. That is really mysterious. Join Cat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the Box of Oddities. The Webby Award-winning Box of Oddities podcast from Airwave Media. The mother of the air. Oh, I love it. She's making everybody remember. No, I I, I did that. I did that. <laughs> <laughs> so now at every single party, every day at court, she's making sure she's part of every political conversation. Mm-hmm. So she's challenging the ideas that all the old stuffy men liked and were discussing at the parties. She's getting involved in how people are running the country and people are starting to notice that. Yeah. And oh, oh shit, this girl's actually got a head on her shoulders and she's smart. Right. She could make a good empress one day Hmm. yes and (laughs) And then whispers start to go around and they start to spread and they're like when peter's emperor it's actually gonna be Catherine that's running the show she's the one that quote unquote wears the pants in the relationship and Catherine's like damn straight i Mm -hmm. do (laughs) due to this her and peter's relationship completely shifts she used to like humor his stupid childness and now she looked at him just like, oh my God, you are so embarrassing. You disgust me. I can't believe I'm married to this like loser over here. And on more than one occasion, Peter tries to debate with her in public and she just obliterates him. She's mm-hmm. she's smarter than him and she's always been smarter than him. But now that she's got this confidence, she's just like this next level and she does not have time to watch him play with toys anymore, you know? 
I don't blame no. her. Um, so there's one story where Peter was like, I'm going to put you in your place, woman. And she's like, uh, <laughs> and how do you expect to do that? <laughs> and then he points to his sword on his belt and then she laughs in his face. I love yeah. it. She laughs in his face and is like, grab me a sword, dude. Let's fucking duel right here. Let's go. Yeah. I love it too. <laughs> and he and he's so surprised by this. I can just imagine mic drop yeah. and then his jaw drops. Right. <laughs> and he's like, oh my God. And everybody else that's in the room is like, did she just? Oh, yes, yes. she did. Yes. <laughs> and she's like, go to bed. You're too drunk for this conversation anyway. Yeah. And he did. And then he went to bed. He was like, fine, we'll talk about it later. <laughs> he was too drunk. <laughs> It's a little bitch boy. <laughs> like, Peter does not like this new Catherine and does not like what people are saying about her being, like, the more competent ruler. Yeah, this is this is one of the symptoms of fragile dick energy, for sure. One of the main symptoms, diagnosis, when you go to the doctor and you say, you know, I just don't like what people are saying about me. The doctor's going to say, you've got a case of fragile you dick energy. You may ask your doctor um, if you are <laughs> suffering from fragile dick energy. So he tells Catherine when he's emperor, he's going to divorce her immediately and send her straight to a convent. And, and Catherine's like, mm, okay, let's see how that plays out for you, dude. Right. At this point, Peter has started taking to dressing in Prussian army outfits. It's like a cosplay of his. Um, uh, and like, I don't think that's a, isn't that like a not, weren't they like at war with Prussia? Yes, they were at war with Prussia. <laughs> So it was not um, a popular move, but he did it anyway. But like, if you remember, you know, he is, he's the Grand Duke and the heir to um, Russia, but he's also Prussian Duke. I think it's, he's the Duke of Holstein, maybe. He identifies way more with being that, but he is in Russia. He is the heir to the throne. They are at war with Prussia and he wears Prussian military garb head to toe not a good idea not a good no and it it just reminds me like anytime they anytime anybody mentions frederick the great who's the king of prussia at this time like peter just lights up and it makes me think you know in the movie elf when somebody says santa's coming and buddy the elf is like santa i know him that's what it makes me think of (laughs) he's just just like frederick the great i know him (laughs) everyone oh i bet you I would put money on it that Peter probably had a toy soldier that was painted up Prussian and he called him Frederick. Probably. (laughs) And just everyone is like, what is wrong with this guy? Right? Like wrong timing, not a good idea. And then you have this to like, in comparison, you have Catherine over here who's trying to learn about Russian history, who's trying to learn about how to rule a country and about strategies and Roman warfare. You know, she's trying to be the heir and to yeah. Russia. Like she's, she's actually doing the work to actually be a she's leader. She's talking to people. Like he- I read this book about this one, like Roman war strategy they used. I think that that would be useful. And people are like, damn, look who, this, this look, look who read up upon like warfare. Who is this chick? It was a smart move on her part. Unlike Peter, who was doing all he could to be hated. (laughs) 
So again, we're gonna fast forward again. So let's do the little noise. <laughs> so we're gonna get to the good stuff. So here's a big old summary of what's happened. Peter and Catherine basically are living separate lives after this. Uh, they both have their own courts. They both take on their own lovers. And Catherine's court is really getting more and more respect as opposed to Peter's court where he's playing with toy soldiers. Um, and she's making good, good political connections. And Peter's at a drunken frat boy yes. house. So he has started fucking because he, he has a very serious mistress now. So I guess he's ding dong problems have fixed them. He outgrew his ding dong problems. problems. Good. Yeah. So good for him. I He's got ninety nine problems and ding dong. No longer. <laughs> I can't believe he found somebody willing to fuck him though, but whatever. Hmm. Um Catherine let's see. Oh yeah. So yeah yeah and at his court, at his brofest court, Peter is just telling everybody that like once I'm emperor, I'm going to put Catherine aside and marry my mistress. And he's treating his mistress like she's already empress and like giving her like all these honors and stuff that should go to Catherine. Uh, I mean, I don't think Catherine lost any sleep over it, though. No, I think she was just fine uh, uh, because actually she has another baby. <laughs> um, and it, it's most likely fathered by uh, this guy named Ponitowski. Mm. Uh, he's a diplomat that she had an affair with, who she would later appoint to be king of Poland. Imagine how that yeah. works. Funny yeah. how that works. And we'll probably talk more about him over on Patreon as well. Um, yeah, they had a daughter. They named her. Well, they didn't name her. Elizabeth named her Anna. He did. She did the same thing. <laughs> she did the same thing she did with Paul. Like right after the baby was born, swooped in, took her away, and Catherine didn't really get to see her anymore. But at least this time. Catherine knew what to expect. So she didn't go through like that depression mm -hmm. like she did previously. Yeah. Um, sad side note, uh, baby Anna just died a few months later and Catherine was wrecked as anybody mm -hmm. would be, <laughs> but she's already had a rough yeah. go at it. Let's be real. <laughs> um, so after the funeral, Catherine left her daughter's memory and never mentioned her daughter ever to again. Any, like, to I think anyone. she's like briefly mentioned in her memoirs. Um, but just to like, ju just to basically shit talk Peter. Cause like Peter was a bunch of drama during that delivery. And, but yeah. Really? Yeah. Was he? Was? <laughs> yeah. He really? showed hard to imagine. He showed, up, <laughs> he showed up drunk to her delivery. And even though there was no way that this one, no one even entertained the idea that this was his child. <laughs> they didn't even see each other. <laughs> yeah. He wanted to pretend like this would be his child. And, like, showed up drunk to the delivery with his sword. And he's just, oh, he's such a, oh, this fucking guy. Anyway. <laughs> in 1760 or 7061, she meets this Russian war hero named Gregory Orloff. Well, I don't think Gregory Orloff was the love of her life in the grand scheme of things. Up to this point, he definitely was. But Orloff is, like I said, he's like this war hero. He comes from a big military family. He's smart. He's strong. He's brave. He's... I want to bone him. He's from a lower class than Catherine was. But the way that, you know, court and society worked there is like, it was, it was sometimes acceptable for people of higher classes to mingle 
with people of lower classes if they've done something like been really good at war or whatever. Warring. <laughs> he was a bit of a celebrity in Russia because of his because okay. of his military time. Yeah, it was noted that he was smart, but Catherine was uh, probably a little bit smarter than he was. Uh, but he wasn't intimidated by that, so he didn't seem to mind. He was like, what she needs. Yeah, he's like this intelligent, smart woman. I kind of yeah. like it. Cool. She's got a personality. She's got a big personality. She's smart. She's got a good head on her shoulders. She's sexy. Yes, this is this was a turn on for her too because she's like finally somebody appreciates me because she's just really had fuckboys before right. all this and now she has a guy that really appreciates her for who she is uh and her personality so they fuck a lot a lot <laughs> <laughs> so really passionate relationship it was so unsurprisingly when you fuck a lot uh you find yourself pregnant again again <laughs> her being with orloff um actually made the military see her as an ally they looked at it like she doesn't think she's too good to mingle with the commoners and so everyone's like she's sleeping with one of us so that means that she doesn't think she's better than us or whatever whereas peter was a very polarizing figure to the military unsurprisingly yeah because he dresses in the enemy's clothing yeah Yes. Funny how that works. Makes them feel like uh, he's making a mockery of like them going out and putting their life on the line, you know? Right. So another fun side note, uh, yes. she hid this preg- pregnancy from the entire court, stating that she had to like lock herself away because she was so embarrassed by how her husband was parading around this mistress. Bitch, you pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't lie. She hid it. Nobody at court knew. And on the night that the baby was being born... Like the labor, when the labor pains got really bad, her like head of household went and set a house on fire because Peter, Peter loved to watch fires. And back then, like in all the houses were made of, they hadn't started building them out of stone or whatever. And so it was pretty common for houses to catch on fire in the winter because everyone's burning fires because it's Russia. Houses caught on fire in the winter a lot because they're all built of wood. And Peter fucking loved watching fires. He was like so, the red woman in uh, Game of Thrones. Maybe yeah, he maybe okay. he saw prophecies. No, no. He was no. just crazy with ding-dong problems. He was just <laughs> absolutely insane. And so, yeah, to distract him and everyone at court that, like, so they wouldn't, like, hear her in labor, her head of household just, like, went and set a house on fire so everybody would go watch the house burn. <laughs> so so the baby's born and this baby's name is alexi and he was sent away to be raised away from court never really comes back into the story gee funny how all this works with russia yeah well also Catherine, like her, her children really aren't except for paul like later on her children really aren't a big part of her life she didn't really get to be a mother anyway you know yeah she never got to i mean when you don't get to hold your child the first time after you have them you really don't connect with them (laughs) right so pretty soon after the whole house burning fiasco um it's apparent that empress elizabeth is not she's not got a whole lot longer 
uh, to live. She's gonna, she's, she's very, very sick. And on Christmas Eve, 1761, Elizabeth has a stroke. And in the last days of her life, she summons both Catherine and Peter to her rooms to say goodbye. She only summoned a handful of people because she didn't want, you know, she was very prideful and um, she looked pretty bad and she didn't want a lot of people to see her. Um, And then like a month after that in January, 1762, Elizabeth passes away and now Peter's emperor. Oh God. Good luck. (laughs) Said Russia. Um, So it's reported that Peter showed up to Elizabeth's funeral drunk. Are we really surprised by that? Like I'm really not surprised. So he refuses to respect any of the Orthodox ceremonies and it's just, plain making a mockery of this entire thing mm-hmm. but then juxt- juxtapose juxtapose juxt- i can't say that juxtapose juxtapose so juxtapose let me juxtapose myself oh juxtapose so Catherine walks in the funeral and she's dressed very plainly she's wearing no jewelry she's veiling her face which is very orthodox mm-hmm. you know and everyone knew it was her but it was this sign of respect for elizabeth like i'm not gonna be over the top i'm not gonna be flashy to show all my dripping in jewels of laguanza honey no she's not gonna be flashy yeah. she's paying respect And she went through all of the motions of the Orthodox ceremony, wearing these huge, earning these huge brownie points with like pretty much all of Moscow, which is Mm -hmm. great. They're like, oh my God, this was that little girl that was calling for an Orthodox priest when she was on her deathbed. How how have we forgotten about her? We forgot how much we liked her. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And well, fuck this emperor guy. He sucked. This fucking guy. He was he was sticking his tongue out at the priest during the ceremony. He's thirty four. Really? Yeah. Really? I read I read another story. So like after the ceremony, like they took her casket, kind of like a Princess Diana thing, or they like wheeled her casket to like where she was going to be buried, and Peter had to walk behind it. Yeah. So he was wearing this like traditional ceremonial um, mourning cloak. And two of the elders of the church had to hold the train of his cloak while he walked. And so he kept like stopping abruptly. So they would like run into him and then like turn around and like yell at them for running into him. And then he'd start like power walking. And so they'd accidentally lose the, the train and it would go flying in the wind. And then he'd turn around and yell at them for dropping this train. And he was like doing all on purpose. He's just, uh, 34 <laughs> i wish the listeners could see my face right there. such a dick massive eye roll such oh my god so obviously peter as a ruler you have to give him credit where credit is due um he did have a couple of good ideas religious freedom hey not bad, not a bad thing no. um you know and also you just can't surfs up and kill your serfs for no reason hey we you know we think we should maybe talk about ending this serfdom in in russia so i mean that started that's right. positive right um and he got rid of the secret police that sounds you scary know. it sounds like a good thing yeah 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 yeah, yeah. get rid of that 
However, unsurprisingly, he did some really dumb stuff too. Oh, shocker. Huge oversimplification, but Russia had been at war with Prussia for seven years. It was called the Seven Years' War because we're not creative here. He abruptly abruptly pulled Russia out of that war and told everyone that this had, it had been a mistake. And that didn't sit well with the military families. Like, oops, your brothers and sons all died for nothing. LOL. You know, like it wasn't a popular move. And then he's like, actually, Prussia is now our ally. And they're at war with Denmark. So we're going to go fight Denmark now. And they're all like, what? Why? We have no beef with Denmark. Why are we going to fight Denmark? And he was like, oh. Oh, baby girl, what is you doing? Oh, and one more thing. We're all going to get new uniforms. We're all going to have Prussian military uniforms now. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. Like, could you imagine? It just, like, I'm trying to think of, like, like, what if Ronald Reagan had been, like, like halfway through this the Cold War, been like, okay, American military, we're now going to have Soviet Union uniforms. <laughs> That's, like, that. it would have been, it would have been um, political suicide. And I feel like... Yeah. Yeah, um, people could have voted for Peter the Third. He would have been voted out very quickly based on that alone. You know. Yeah. So, needless to say, he's pretty unpopular. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing he could have done was going to make this acceptable to the Russian people, mm-hmm. especially the military. And oh wait, military. Wait, okay. who? Who they like? Just, somebody? Weren't we just talking about who the military really liked? Was it Catherine? Yeah. (laughs) A small group of generals and other diplomats had been toying with the idea of deposing Peter and putting Catherine in his place. And Catherine was kind of like, I mean, I can't, I can't say I haven't thought about it, but she just wasn't ready to move forward with it. Until one night, it was some kind of celebration for I don't know, maybe it was somebody's birthday or something, but they were at like a state event and Peter got really drunk and in front of everybody called Catherine a fool and made her cry in front of like this whole big dinner party. And it was awkward schmawkward for everybody. And then like later that night after the dinner, he ordered Catherine to be arrested. And the only reason she wasn't arrested is because... There was like some Prussian dudes, some of the Prussian military in town at that dinner. And one of them happened to be Catherine's cousin. And he was like, hey, do me a solid. Or got such a hard on for Prussia and don't arrest my cousin. And he was like, okay, I mean, in hindsight, he probably should have arrested her because she was. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I don't like him. He's not a good ruler at all. But (laughs) in hindsight. It may have solved a lot of his problems. It would have, yeah. Hindsight is twenty twenty, but that's not what he did. He was like, okay, I won't arrest her then. And then, after Catherine gets word of like, this is what happened tonight. You almost got arrested. She was like, okay, I think I'm ready. I think I'm ready to talk about deposing Peter now. And from there, things escalated. 
quickly. (laughs) So we're going to leave out some of the little minor details. So we really have a chance to get into all those juicy bits. Juicy. Um, (laughs) Juicy couture. Uh, So (laughs) what you need to know is that in the summer of 1762, Peter and Catherine had both been in St. Petersburg, but they were going to separate places places they were going to separate palaces far away from each other to spend the rest of the summer separate yeah so they decided to leave their son little baby paul in st petersburg which was more of a calculated mood on Catherine's part which uh we'll get to a little bit um so peter was going to a place called oranienbaum oranienbaum <laughs> now you're gonna always everybody's always gonna remember where peter went yeah uh, so, <laughs> so Catherine actually went to a royal residence with a less uh christmasy sound to it uh peter Hall. <laughs> yes <laughs> and while peter was at oranian bomb <laughs> peter was going there with the idea that he's going to bring a bunch of troops there and do all his military drills with like real life toy soldiers <laughs> and so he brings a bunch of troops there and basically makes them run military drills all summer and he also brought his mistress and their court and they partied and did warfare cosplay it might be important to mention um might come up later that they don't even have like real guns or real swords they're all like toy guns and toy swords for the military drills maybe that'll Mm -hmm. be important later so Catherine and her little would-be coup partners are steadily putting their own toy soldiers into place (laughs) actual soldiers with real guns (laughs) and one of her co-conspirators is a big guy in the military a captain named Passant and one day some nobody soldier asked Pasak, like, hey, Captain, heard some rumors. The Empress was planning to overthrow the, gu- the Emperor. You know, it's not true, right? And Pasak was like, uh, you're dumb, and the things you say are dumb. Um, <laughs> fuck off. Yes. <laughs> Direct quote. <laughs> but the soldier asks another captain, and he and Pasak are both arrested at that point. And word is sent back to Peter that Catherine might be planning to overthrow you and depose you. And he was like, hello, well, she wouldn't dare. He was like, why would anybody want her as ruler anyway? Oh, he's so dumb. (laughs) And then another general came to him and said the same thing. Like, bro, maybe you should take this shit seriously. (laughs) Like, yeah. And Peter, Peter was saying, just leave me your findings and note. I'm practicing my violin right now. I am not to be bothered. Except he wasn't British. Um, (laughs) But the general did end up leaving him a note, and it was very detailed about all of the coup rumors on his desk. And guess who never read ye old dusty note? Peter was just like, I'll get to that later, and just never read it. (laughs) Oh, God, he's such an idiot. So word gets back to Orloff that, like, that the rumors are starting to fly about their coup. And so he's like, you know what? We need to move now. And he sends his brother, Alexis Orloff. He's like, bro, you need to go get Catherine, go get her now, bring her to St. Petersburg. The, the plan is on. So they really aren't that far from Peterhof. St. Petersburg and Peterhof are only like an hour and a half drive 
but he's going by carriage in the dead of night. So it mm. took him like four hours to get there. And Alexis Orloff arrives at Catherine's place at like 5 a.m. And he busts into her room and she's sleeping and she sits up in bed and she's like, what? What's going on? And he's basically like, it's on. It's now or never. You got to go. Let's get up. And she's like, let's fucking go. And jumps out of bed. <laughs> she's ready. I can just imagine being like, I, she is. You don't have to get ready if you stay ready. Exactly. And she was ready. She was ready. So she puts on her little LBD. That's little black dress for those who don't speak gay. <laughs> and her ladies and maids try to convince her. They're like, uh, you should probably put on some makeup. And she's like, uh, no. No, they try to like convince her to like fix her hair, wear something nicer. But she's like, no, no, I want to look relatable. I don't want to appear dripping in jewels like an empress. That yeah. might not be a good look for me. Yeah, I want She's like, I want to look like I just got woke up at five o'clock in the morning because I like I want to mm. I want the people to be able to relate to me. She was like, I want them to know I'm an empress by my actions, not by the way I look. And I am so in love with that. I love her so much. (laughs) So they get back to St. Petersburg at 9 a.m. And she doesn't even have time to stop and take a baby breath. And her lover Orlov is there with her son Paul. So like we said earlier that she had strategically left Paul behind. It's because she knew there was a good chance that she was going to have to come rushing back without Peter. And whoever was the heir or whoever has the heir and is like, has them in their arms is like the person that is, yeah, they have the upper hand. Exactly. So she and Paul rush to appear to the huge crowd that's showing up. And that huge crowd is mainly soldiers. She makes this speech and she is basically like, I'm not doing this for myself. My life is at danger in danger. If Peter continues to rule, my son's life is in danger. Our Russian way of life is in danger. Our traditions, our religion are in danger. So, Molly, you in danger, girl. Russia, you in danger, girl. Yes. It's just like, I'm not doing this for myself. I'm doing this to preserve our way of life. If Peter finds out I'm doing this, though, he'll kill me. And it's basically like, will you protect me? And the crowd goes fucking wild. They're like, yes. Yeah. Yes, we will. Yes. Bells are ringing, people cheering, (laughs) drummers (laughs) drumming. Um, (laughs) So everybody, the troops are starting to play for her. And they're all, I love this, they're all chanting, Mamushka, Mamushka. (laughs) Which means little mother. And she's like, will you march with me to overthrow Peter? And the whole city of St. Petersburg is like, fuck yes, we will. (sighs) Yeah. That that noise, yeah, that's literally what's happening right now, guys. Yes. So Catherine then does something a little more unprecedented than all this other incredibly unprecedented shit that we just talked about. Uh, She decides she's going to lead the army. Gotta love this woman. She's going to ride at the front of the troops, dressed in military uniform, Russian traditional military uniform. And so she starts gathering piece of piece by piece all of the outfits to wear from soldiers that are close to her side. So I guess little, so little tiny men. Yeah, right. <laughs> so when she's done, she mounts her horse and is like, 
let's go. Let's go. Thundercats are go. <laughs> and then this one young nobody soldier runs out of ranks completely. Like this took balls to just like approach the Empress like this when you're nobody. And she, he runs up to her horse and is like, Empress, Empress, you forgot part of your uniform. And like his captain's yelling at him, like, get back in line. What are you doing? And he's like, she forgot part of the uniform. And it's just like this piece of rope. It's called a sword knot. And it's just like a little knot that you put around like the handle of your sword. And he's like that, you know, this is part of our traditional gear. You need to have one of these. And Catherine looks on her horse and she's like, okay, this, this kid took some balls to come up and get me this little piece of rope or whatever. Thank you. I appreciate that. What's your name? And he says, Gregory Potemkin. And she's like, all right, Potemkin, thanks. Now go get back in your spot. Maybe that's important. Maybe this is foreshadowing. <laughs> we will come back to this later. <laughs> Next episode, probably. <laughs> so, okay, it's time to ride some horses. And Catherine is leading at least 14,000 armed men out of St. Petersburg. That's a lot. So, scene change. Scene change uh, over to Peter, who's literally planning a party. Surprise, surprise. So he had ordered a bunch of fireworks from St. Petersburg for the party. And when the guys delivering it arrived, they were like, something weird was going on at the Capitol. And I think it might have had something to do with your wife. And he's just like, ugh, my wife. (laughs) She's the worst. I don't even want to know. Don't tell me. I don't I don't want to hear about her. Like that's gonna ruin my party. And so Um, spoiler alert, he he did want to know. He did. He probably should have listened. He probably should have tried to find out more. But mm-hmm. as Catherine's army got closer and closer, her army got bigger and bigger. Like each town that they went through, they gained more soldiers. And finally someone was like, Hey, this is no fucking joke you need to send out your own army to meet them this could be really dangerous for you but remember how they didn't have any weapons <laughs> he had he had hundreds of soldiers they just only had like fake wooden swords oh my it God. feels like an snl sketch um i'm pretty sure they should make it an SNL sketch. <laughs> right um so peter's like oh fuck okay here's what we're gonna do there's a small island, a really short ride away from with a military for. I'm just gonna hop on over there, seek protection, get my dudes to grab some, you know, real guns yes. or cannons or whatever people murder each other yes. with those days. Uh, so they hop on a boat and they sail. But when they try to dock, there are armed men at the dock who won't let them get on the boat or off the yeah. boat. Excuse me. And Peter's like, um. <laughs> Uh, hello, it's me, your emperor. Hello. Let me let me duck. I'm your emperor. And they go, and they're like, uh, emperor, we don't have an emperor. And our leader is an empress, Catherine II of Russia. And if you don't get the fuck out of here, we're going to open fire on you. I am living for this moment. I love it. We don't have an emperor. We have an empress. I love it. Love it. So obviously Peter is frantic. Yes. Uh, <laughs> he he has a messenger send a letter to Catherine, being like, "Oh, I, you know that time that I was such a dick to you before." You know, for like the last fifteen years. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, well, you know, if we just call this whole thing off and I can be an equal co-ruler with you and we can do this for the rest of our lives. How about that? Right. And Catherine's like, uh, no. Uh, <laughs> her, <laughs> she receives the letter. She receives the letter and tells the messenger literally, quote unquote, I will not be responding to this. Which is 18th century version of leaving someone on red. She's just like, I'm not, I'm not responding to this. Cause she's like, it's abdication or nothing. It's abdication or we kill him basically. So he sees that writing on the wall. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, okay, fine. I don't want to be killed. Right. Uh, so he writes back to Catherine and states, I, Peter of my own free will, declare that I forever renounce the throne of Russia to the end of my days. I will never seek to recover this title by any means or with anyone's assistance. I swear this by God. <laughs> uh, he channeled his inner Baptist preacher. Yes. And he had only been um, an emperor for six months. Yes. It was a short reign. Short may he reign. Catherine is now empress. Years later, long after Peter's death, spoiler alert, she would uh, tell Frederick the Great of Peter that he, quote unquote, allowed himself to be dethroned like a child being sent to bed. <laughs> that is where we will leave this story with my heart just pumping. It got me so pumped up. I love how she just wrote in and was like, Russia is mine now. And he was just like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> literally literally <laughs> that that was so much fun uh we will catch you guys in a couple of weeks with part three yeah. cheers nathan cheers hello everyone it's takuyi here and i'm gabby and we are the hosts of history of everything a podcast which you can probably guess by the name is well i mean it's about everything do you want to know why people thought potatoes were evil and would give you syphilis are you curious about all the stories of the terrible and stupid ways that people have kicked the bucket over the years? Do you want to hear tales about all of the different badasses of history and the lives that they had brought to life? Well, if so, then look no further. History of Everything is just the right podcast for you. It's available on Spotify, Pandora, and anywhere else that you get your podcast from. Join us for some fun and just see how weird and wacky history can be.